And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of MLB DFS Quick Hits, your Monday, September 14th edition. We have two weeks of baseball left. We are just wrapping things up here. Hope everybody had a great week in NFL Week 1 Sunday action in the books. That was fun to have back. That was great to have back. So football's back. We had college football over the weekend. Basketball's ramping up. All the sports are happening, all the stuff and things. But baseball, like I said, two more weeks. Then we have expanded playoffs. It's been a a fun, wacky 2020 season, to say the least. And if you want to hear fun and wacky, look at today's DraftKings seven-game slate. It is something to behold as we have, like I said, seven games, but three of them are doubleheaders, so they only have seven innings. So beware of that. Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Oakland, Seattle, St. Louis, Milwaukee are all doubleheaders. So Philadelphia, Miami, Atlanta, Baltimore, Minnesota, Chicago, and Dodgers, Padres are your nine-inning games on this slate. The slate starts at 410 Eastern and goes throughout the evening with the last game being the Dodgers-Padres at 910 Eastern. So that scatters all over the place. It's going to be a very weird slate. It's going to, I don't know, because you have these seven inning games where I like some pitching and, you know, maybe they go the distance and you get a complete game out of it for seven innings. Uh, But if you pick bats, they might get one fewer at bats. It's a weird dynamic to pick and sort through tonight, but we're going to do our best. We're going to have fun. Playing some DFS, there's really only two totals out on the slate, so we have to keep that in mind. Uh, Braves-Orioles totals 10.5. That was a game we definitely want to attack, and that's one of the nine-inning games. And then Twins-White Sox total is 9.5 on that one. So two of the four nine-inning games have totals out. We're waiting on a bunch of other ones as you have some interesting matchups on the bump. As of right now, you have Vince Velasquez taking on Pablo Lopez in Miami. You um, looks like right now Mitch Keller might be making his return from the IL for game one of the doubleheader against Trevor Bauer. That's up for up for debate still, but Trevor Bauer looks for sure to be the guy for Cincinnati. Um, in Seattle, Jesus Lazardo faces Marco Gonzalez. That's a good battle of two lefties up there in Seattle. Quang uh, Hung Kim makes his return from the IL against Josh Lindblom. That's an interesting game to attack. Tuki Toussaint versus Jorge Lopez in a nine-inning game. And then... Uh, you go down a little farther, you got Jose Barrios versus Dylan Cease and um, Clayton Kershaw versus Danelison Lamette. So that's what we have at this point in time as things are subject to change as it is 2020. So get used to all that tasty goodness. All right. Uh, weather-wise, everything looks good for rain. And if anything, wind's going to be blowing in on most games from like 8 to 10 miles an hour. So for the most part, it seems pretty okay as we go that direction. This should be a quickie tonight as it's a wild one, but let's get into your pitching on this uh, seven games late. If you're on FanDuel, you have four games. They don't have any of the doubleheaders, only four games. Still starts at 410 Eastern, but only four games. So, yeah, yeah, Monday Night Football tonight, folks. That's all I got to say. But uh, when we look at the pitching on this slate, Trevor Bauer at 10-8, I was, it, was, it's a, it was a lock play with a nine-inning game. You have to think a little more with seven innings. Can he get you the value at 10-8? But I think he can. You know, he's a six-plus inning guy on almost every start but one this season. He's gotten you yeah, multiple, multiple 30. He's got five of seven, six of seven, or six of eight. I mean, 30 plus point games. The dude's electric. 174 ERA. Just went in and battled you, Darvish, a seven and two thirds shutout innings, 10 Ks in his last start. Pitch count's never an issue when it comes to um, Trevor Bauer. And he's, and he's got the matchup we all love to do. We, we love attacking Pittsburgh versus right-handed pitching. That's one of our our favorite things to do this season. It's been so good. If you're in the Slack chat over the weekend uh, on Sunday, I gave you my pitchers. I used Tukey, or not Tukey, I used Sixto Sanchez with Brad Keller. Brad Keller, complete game shutout. 
Alec Mills was even on the list. I had like five pitchers to choose from. Mills was on the list as well. He threw the no-no, so that was great. But I had the Keller Keller six-tail combo, got you all the bats, and it was an easy cash Sunday while everyone was playing NFL DFS. But when we look at Pittsburgh versus right-handed pitching, it's what we love to see. 24% K rate, 210 average, 124 ISO, 262 Woba. It's actually gotten better over the last couple of weeks, which is crazy to say because that's still not good, not good at all. And Trevor Bauer is elite. So we look at a guy like Trevor Bauer. We're going to target Pittsburgh in this matchup. Um, and, and you look at Bauer, lefties are hitting 328 off him, but righties 274. And that's, that's over the, the last calendar year. So this season's been even better for Trevor Bauer. You can definitely jump on that train at 10-8. Again, only seven innings, so take that caveat, but you can definitely look that direction. You can pick it, pivot to Clayton Kershaw if you so choose, but um, I, I respect San Diego enough. I'd rather just pay 400 more for Trevor Bauer, but Kershaw's a good pivot at that position. Jose Barrios is a very, very interesting play because we've talked about it time and time again. His home road splits have been pretty drastic over the last couple seasons, but he's pitched really well over the last few games, including a game on the road uh, at St. Louis where he went five innings, three earned, eight Ks. Uh, then he dominated the White Sox at home, six innings, three hits, one earned, eight Ks. Struggled to win at Cleveland, but then at home against Milwaukee was great. At home against Kansas City, he's got you um, 22 or more DK points in three of his last four starts and six or more Ks in four straight starts. That's a big thing for Barrios because he hasn't been the best strikeout guy, and that's what's gotten him in some trouble uh, throughout his career on and off. When he's striking guys out, he's filthy, but there's a lot of games where he's not striking guys out. Now, he faces the White Sox team that we love. like They were huge for us this weekend, but they do strike out 25% of the time first right-handed pitching with a 269 average, a 182 ISO, and a 333 Woba. So they can obviously hit right-handed pitching. That's not the question. They also have a lot of swing and miss. Now the question that comes into play is, do you trust Jose Barrios on the road versus the White Sox? That's an interesting play. Uh, In a GPP, I'm all for it. I'm all for saving $1,500 off of Trevor Bauer, rolling the dice on Barrios against the White Sox. Hopefully he gets six-plus Ks, only gets a couple runs, gets you 20-plus points. On a slate like this, 20-plus points will be huge from your starting pitching. So I think Barrios at 9300 bucks is a GPP play only. I know there's a lot of risk placing the White Sox, but a lot of upside as well as, as it is a White Sox team that has a lot of swing and miss in it and can go in quite a funk at times. Jesus Lazardo, 8300 bucks. He's finally got stretched out through 100 pitches his last start. It was 178, 96, 92. So you knew it was coming through 100 pitches. He has 18 or more points in three or four starts. Those are the three starts of 92 or more pitches, and he's gotten six or more in those three starts. He has seven Ks in each of those three starts. He is stretched out. He is ready to rock and roll, and he faces a Seattle Mariners team that you can pick on. Again, remember, only a seven-inning game in this one, so that can make things interesting. But it's a Seattle team striking up to almost 25.5% of the time versus left-handed pitching with a 185 average, 143 ISO, 267 Woba. That's a team you can definitely – pick on in this matchup lefty's hitting 212 righty's 314 off of jesus lazardo he we, we knew coming into the year the hype was legit big time prospect left-handed arm all that good stuff but man oh man now that he's stretched out now that we got to see the rest repertoire of late and he gets a great matchup like this it could be a double it's a double header who knows what lineup they could put out because usually you see teams you know one really strong lineup one kind of halfy lineup where they let the veterans sit now it's seattle they don't have a lot of veterans they might just say screw it let's let the young kids play but um, it'll be very, very interesting to see how that plays out. But Lazardo, with a potential chance to go seven innings and get the CG, or at least go six strong and um, and get it done for you at eighty three hundred bucks, gives extreme value on this slate 
So uh, I like Lazardo quite a bit. If you can do Lazardo Bauer, which with the, some of the bat values you can, I like that one-two pump punch. Or you can start Lazardo, take a punt play, and go from there. Pablo Lopez, seventy-two hundred bucks. And no, I know it's Monday morning, it's early, but no, I have not had a drink yet. I am completely fine. Pablo Lopez has been ugly his last two starts. He's combined for five and two thirds innings, twelve earned over his last starts. He has, does have eight Ks over those five and two thirds. He uh, started the 29-run Atlanta outing his last time out. He has an ERA over 19 in those two starts combined, but a FIP over 5, an XFIP, I mean, over 5. So still, it's not a great XFIP, but all things considered, that's quite the drop-off from his ERA, showing you things weren't quite as lucky. His uh, barrel rate, hard hit rate weren't that high. Um, did give up a home run in each outing, but overall, kind of got Babbitt to death, but also he had some walking issues. He gave up, I believe, six walks over those five and two-thirds innings. And sometimes it doesn't go your way. But the most important thing that I want to mention, and I've mentioned it time and time again on this show, Pablo Lopez is an extreme home roads split guy. That's what Pablo does. So keep that in mind when you're um, when you're looking at Pablo Lopez. He has a, an ERA below three this season at home compared to, like I believe, over six on the road. And, and in the last two seasons, an ERA about 3.4 at home compared to like 6.4 on the road. He has a lot more power on the road. A lot of things you'd expect. So much, much better pitcher at home. Now the question is, two back-to-back rough starts, both on the road also. But uh, is he broken? How's his mental? Like, is he is he good to go? Those are all questions to have. But at $7,200 on a slate like this, facing a Phillies team that strikes out close to 21% of the time versus righties, he is a value play if you need to go there, and he's not going to be owned at all. Your other option down here is Marco Gonzalez at 7 k You could go that route for sure. Um, against the A's as the A's are just getting depleted more and more. Marco's been phenomenal this season. Uh, so you can go Marco at uh, 7K if you need to. But uh, And the only other super punt would be Tuki Toussaint versus Baltimore, but I'm preferring to use the Baltimore bats versus Tuki Toussaint, especially some of the value bats. As Tuki, he has uh, strikeout stuff in the minors. We've seen that quite a bit. He dominated Toronto, pitched well against the Mets back in August. But other than that, his, his other outings have been very, very rough. Lots of hard contact, lots of home runs. Uh, hasn't been getting it done. I like the Baltimore bats to be value and get you some action tonight, especially in one of the few games that has nine innings. So you get that offense. Like I kind of want the strategy I kind of want to take into play here is um, you, you play some seven inning pitchers like Bauer and Lazardo, so they can maybe sneak into a complete game or give you six strong or do something to get the W and then go and get uh, like it gives you less chance for the bullpen to blow it basically. Uh, if he pitches a good game, how many times do we see the bullpen blow it in the eighth or ninth and then you lose the win? There's four points, gone. That's like that's frustrating as all get up. But I think that's an interesting way to go. And then you get the bats in these nine-inning games. Like you go Baltimore, which is very good. You can go Miami versus Velasquez. You can go even if you want to target Pablo Lopez with Philadelphia. Different angles like that to maybe get an extra bat or two and see how things go. Maybe it's a game where a team scores 15 runs, so you get seven at-bats instead of five because of the two extra innings. You never know. Things along those lines, just kind of making leverage as we can on this slate. Let's talk about the pitching on this slate. You have JT Yomuto's questionable with his hip, so he's probably not going to play. That's another another plus for Lopez. There's a good chance Hoskins and Yomuto are out of the Philadelphia lineup, so take that into play as well. Hitters, though, uh, Grandal has been smoking it. I actually played him both days over the weekend. I usually don't pay up for catching, but the dude's hitting 306 over the last 10 games, averaging almost 11 DK points. Um, it's a tough matchup versus Barrios, so I'm not running to play like I was over the weekend with the matchup Chicago had, but it is an interesting option for you in that one. 
but you'll probably just save some cash. At least go down to like the mid fours with Pedro Severino versus Toussaint or uh, Chance Cisco at 42. I'd love to see some Cisco in that lineup versus Toussaint. Uh, definitely something to look at when you look at Baltimore um, and Tuki Toussaint with the Orioles. There's um, lefties hitting 453, righties 298 uh, versus Tuki this season. So uh, get some Chance Cisco at 42 would be very nice to see. If not, um, you just kind of check for lineups because on a slate like this, it's goofy. A Jorge Alfaro at 3K is a nice value versus Vinny V. I like that quite a bit. Maybe Taylor Stevenson. Uh, Tyler Stevenson makes the lineup for uh, Ponce de Leon at 28. You can go there. Or you get a cheap Tucker Barnhart for 24. That's a good punt. So see what pops up uh, as lineups are released. Maybe just punt the position or pay up uh, if, if the right guy's in the right spot and you have the money to do it. But first base, this is where it starts getting a little more fun. Like Freddie Freeman versus Jorge Lopez, Atlanta. That Atlanta-Baltimore game, we saw the total is 10 and a half. It's two really bad pitchers. It's two explosive offenses. I know Baltimore, I, people are going to go, Bubba, stop it. No, they, they have a lot of power. They really do. So and we've, we've, we've used them a lot this year. So Freddie Freeman at 5,500 is a very strong play versus Jorge Lopez. I like that quite a bit. Uh, Mustakas at 51 is interesting. Response to Leon, I can go there. I think St. Louis is very much in play. And I usually don't play St. Louis very much. but um, especially because, you know, you look at their overall stats, it's very, very frustrating. They've been kind of swinging it good over the weekend in these double headers and whatnot. They do have a, you know, only a 317 Woba versus righties. But Josh Lindblom has been really bad this year, especially for left-handed pitching. I know there's been there's some very, very smart people writing articles about how he's been getting unlucky and things along those lines. And I'm a big Lindblom supporter. I liked him a lot coming into the year. I liked what he did in Korea to change his pitch mix and all that stuff. He hasn't found it yet this year. Maybe he finds it next year. Maybe he's just a year kind of tinkering. He's been battling back injuries. Who knows? But uh, you got Paul Goldschmidt at 51. Could be a nice contrarian play because most won't play him because lefties are the ones doing the damage versus Lindblom right now. So Goldie could be a sneakier play at 51 in that matchup. Or you save cash. You drop down the lights of Jed Jericho versus Kim at 43. We love Jericho versus lefties. Uh, Votto's been sneaky okay of late. He's 42 versus Ponce in, in that one. Um, Jesus Aguilar is 38, but like Garrett Cooper, only 35 versus Flash, because that's kind of the savings at first base I'm looking at. If you want to go down to that level, he'd be uh, my guy at $3,500. Second base, now you got Kesson here at 52, always worth a look. Got mentioned Moose already. Uh, Colton Wong's leading off versus Limbo at 48. I really don't feel the urge to pay 48 for Colton Wong unless you're stacking Seattle. I mean, St. Louis. The guy that I want to pay for is Ozzy Alves at 44. For the regular listeners of the show, I mentioned it. Middle of last week when there was rumors Albies would be coming back, I said, look, he's like 2500 He's cheap. He's going to slowly creep up when he gets back, so enjoy the value while you can. He's been crushing it since he came back, and now he's up to 4400 I still think that's too cheap on this slate. I really do. He has 10 or more points in four of his last five games since returning. Um, he has 20 or more in three of those five games. He is raking. He has um, three multi or three extra base hits, including a home uh, two home runs. He has two multi-hit games, which are both three-hit games. He's doing everything right. And, again, he's up to 4,400. But he's facing Jorge Lopez, who you can just take to town in Baltimore tonight. So, Ozzy Albies at 44 is just one of those almost, I want to say, lock it in at second base positions. If you choose to go elsewhere, like Dylan Moore and Ty France, they love hitting lefties. It's Jesus Lazardo. So, be careful. It's a seven-inning game. Be careful. But the GPP, both of those have extreme upside in their matchups versus Lazardo. And then Marwin Gonzalez at 33, homered over the weekend. He's homered in two straight games, actually. Marwin Gonzalez has Dylan Cease. We love the stuff with Dylan Cease. I didn't mention him as a pitcher because, A, it's the Twins, and, B, he doesn't strike guys out, so it's a lot of balls in play. Facing a team like the Twins, you don't want a lot of balls in play because those go a long, long ways. 
Marwan Gonzalez isn't the biggest threat, but he's 3300 bucks. He's a value. Jazz Chisholm at 32 Both Chisholm and Gonzalez, very inconsistent this year. If you look at their overall stat line, not sexy, but uh, can be streaky. Chisholm can use his legs and his power to, to, to stuff the stat sheet. Marwin more of a – he's in a very, very good offense, and if he runs into one like he has the last couple of days, could be a big night. So that would be kind of the value you're looking at at the second base position. Third base, you always got Machado to look at versus a lefty. Kershaw's a beast, though. But Machado, very strong in those regards. Muncie, Moncada, all three of these guys are great plays, but they have really tough matchups with Kershaw, Lamette, Barrios. So it's tough to say if you want to go there. Like Kyle Seager loves hitting lefties. He's 48. But where I would start out, I'd save some cash. Tommy Edmond had Sunday off. He's third base outfield eligible at 4700 bucks. Um, I, I look at Tommy Edmonds, who's been slowly getting it going of late. You know, 11.0 points, 19, 9, 10, 18, 0, uh, 16. He's hit safely in uh, seven of his last 10 games. So that's something to, to peak at, almost averaging 10 points over his last 10 games. 4700 bucks hitting towards the top of that Cardinals lineup. We mentioned lefties versus Lindblom. I think he's an interesting option at third base at 47. His teammate, Matt Carpenter, at 43. Yes, yes, Matt Carpenter. Again, not drinking this morning. But uh, Carp has double-digit games in four of his last six. He's hit safely in four of six, but um, a couple home runs along the way, a couple doubles along the way. He's actually produced pretty well over his last five or six games. So he's 4300 bucks. So those Cardinals moves there, mentioned Edmund, third base outfield eligible, so you can get both in your lineup if you choose. They can be very interesting versus Limblum. Uh, Austin Riley, if you're stacking Atlanta, good play versus Lopez. So you got Lopez and then Baltimore bullpen at 45. That's a nice GPP type play with Austin Riley. Another than that, I mentioned Ty France as a GPP play if you want some value. Marvin Gonzalez is down here as well at 33. Brian Hayes versus Trevor Bauer at 29. I respect the heck out of Bauer, but your punt, if you don't want to play Carpenter, if you don't want to play Edmund and some of those guys, you go to Alec Baum at 2800 bucks for um, uh, Pablo Lopez. Baum has been ridiculous, hitting over 400 in his last 10 games. He's hit safely in six straight and would have been eight of nine. Really strong look there for Baum at 2800 bucks. So you can go ahead and get him in your lineup as a very, very strong value on this slate. Shortstop position. You got Timmy Anderson, Corey Seager. Again, tough matchups, like really tough matchups. Great players, tough matchups. Corey Polanco's down to 49. You got Paul DeYoung at 47. Another guy similar to Goldie from the right side of the plate could be a nice contrarian angle if you're stacking up the cards. Didi Gregorius is only 45 if you're not playing Pablo Lopez. That's a strong play as well. Or you just save some cash. If you're stacking up Baltimore, Jose Iglesias hit in the middle of that order versus Toussaint. He's 42. You can look that direction for sure. Um, Jazz Chisholm at 32. I mentioned him as well. Such a short slate, it's tough to really have a ton. So shortstop's the position you probably got to pay for because the, the depth at shortstop is not good past like Marwin Gonzalez and Jazz Chisholm type of guys down there. Outfield, man, you got Acuna who's on fire. It's, it's Jorge Lopez. Acuna's 6,000. They're pricing like he's in Coors because he's got a bad pitcher in a very good ballpark. So that's awesome. A really good play there. You got Bryce Harper who went deep yesterday. He's in play versus Lopez as well. But like Eloy Jimenez versus Berrios is an interesting GPP play. Marcelo Zuna could be a very good play at 5,400. As that people see the righty-righty matchup, you could try to exploit that one. Um, but, man, Lou Bob at 48 has got some appeal to it. Tommy Edmund again at 47. Mentioned him. Max Kepler at 46. Not the strongest year for Max, but a good matchup there for Dylan Cease. Um, AJ Pollock is 43, but still it's Lamette. That's a tough one, really tough one there. Going down to get cheaper, though, I mentioned Dylan Moore as a value at 37. Uh, Corey Dickerson's only 38 leading off for Miami versus Velasquez. He's kind of a good cash game play. 
and his uh, matchup there. Ryan Mountcastle, only 35. I know it's righty-righty, but A, I don't expect Tukey to be long for this game. B, Mountcastle averaged about 10 points over his last 10, hitting 387 over his last 10. Lots of pop in that bat, really exploded onto the scene here. He's 35 and in play. Uh, Avisil Garcia likely leading off for lefty Kim at 33. He's been hitting it good of late, so I don't mind that as a value with Avi. Uh, Byron Buxton, if you want a GPP, sure. He could be worth a look, but nothing running there. Harrison Bader's a value at 29, starting every day for St. Louis versus Lindblom. But my dude, my dude is down here. You got to scroll. But at $2,400, his DraftKings has no respect for the game. DJ Stewart versus Jorge Lopez in Camden Yards. $2,400. Lock and load. Just put it in your lineup. A zero at $2,400 does not kill your lineup. All he does is help your lineup. So play $2,400 DJ Stewart against a very bad pitcher in a very good ballpark. Oh, he's actually just on. Sorry. Still a very bad pitcher in a very bad ballpark. So go get some uh, DJ Stewart in that matchup. Recapping your pitching, Trevor Bauer, great play versus Pittsburgh. Don't have to go too deep into that. Remember, seven inning game. Kershaw's a decent pivot off of that. But Rios is your GPP play at 9,300 versus Chicago, but it's on the road. Which which Berrios shows up? Love Luzardo at eighty three hundred bucks. Like a Bauer Luzardo pairing can be very very nice uh, in tonight's matchup. Pablo Lopez at home is a guy we can go back to. Same with Marco Gonzalez, two seven K type guys to look at in their matchups as well. But I think I'm going to go Bauer and Luzardo take the chalk there in those double header games, seven inning pitching games. Try to stack up the bats in Baltimore and um, Atlanta if I can. Maybe sneak in some Minnesota versus Dylan Cease, and then St. Louis versus Milwaukee. So like St. Louis. Baltimore-Atlanta would be my main targets as of right now. Kind of ignoring that Dodgers-Padres game as a respect, like four outcomes type game. Two really strong pitchers. Just going to go from there and see what happens in that matchup. Also, thanks for the kind words in the stream today. Justin Morgan, Terry Barton, I appreciate uh, the, the, uh, the the strong words there. I, I do my best to help you guys out, so glad it's helping you guys win and have some fun playing some MLB DFS. Again, everybody, if you want to check me out on Twitter, at BDentric. Uh, I, I tweet stuff all the time, some good, some bad, some nonsense. Who knows? But it's all out over there. If you give a rating review on the podcast, I'd really appreciate it over on iTunes. It helped me out a lot. The more ratings and reviews you get, the better or higher it goes on the charts. The more people can listen to it. We can spread the word. Have some more fun. It takes you a couple minutes out of your day. I would really appreciate that. Also, if you want to watch this visually, I tweet it out via Periscope every morning when I start. You can watch it there. Or go to the Rotoballer YouTube channel. Check it out there. They have a bunch of great content over there. Plus, this lovely mug will be available to view every morning for you over on Rotoballer's YouTube channel Monday through Friday. If you would like to join Rotoballer Premium, they have a premium Slack chat. They have uh, premium tools, articles, and more. Use promo code Bubba for 10% off of that. If you want to get in the free Fantasy Sports DGEN Slack chat, just give me your email. DM it to me. DM it to at FantasyDGENs on Twitter. Or just tweet me, and I'll get a hold of you, and we'll figure it out. So you can jump in that fun, because lots of fun there. All sports guys are active in football, baseball. Um, esports, soccer, you name it. They're all talking stuff and having fun and doing our thing. It's a safe community for people just to, to learn the game, to have fun playing the game. If you play 10 cents to $200, no one cares. It's just about having fun with sports, and that's what we're here to do. So I hope everybody has a great Monday. Again, two weeks of baseball left kind of makes me sad, kind of makes me happy. It's, it's, a, it's a mixed emotions thing, but it should be an interesting day to, to say the least today. Remember, weird slate starts at 410 Eastern. You guys have a good one. I'll be back with you tomorrow with a more normal slate, hopefully. But uh, this was MLB DFS Quick Hits, your Monday, September 14th edition. I'm out. 